0: You are listening to the podcast, When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. Having worked with elite athletes for a number of years, it's always intrigued me that a significant number of high-performing individuals have encountered some form of adversity earlier in their lifetime. My fascination into this grew when I had my own brush with adversity when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2020, in the midst of the global pandemic at the age of only 36. During this period, I questioned whether it was my positive mindset, or maybe something deeper, which enabled me to bounce back and to train and compete for a triathlon just one month following completion of all active cancer treatment. The goal of this podcast is to explore this concept further by meeting a variety of high-performing individuals who have experienced adversity, but who have come back stronger. Today, I'm welcoming Michael Gunning to the podcast. Michael is an international swimmer, having represented Team GB and Jamaica in his career. Michael is not only known for his skills in the water, but he is a passionate advocate for equality, diversity and inclusion in sports. Michael retired from swimming last year, so has been busy trying to change the world. And I'm honoured he's come to London to chat with me today. Michael, thank you for coming to meet me here at the studio. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you've been up to. Firstly, can we start with your swimming career? Like I said in the introduction, you represented both Team GB and Jamaica. We're going to talk about the Jamaica aspect a bit later. Um, But when you look back at your career, your swimming life, do you have a highlight?
1: Oh, I think I have so many highlights. I think it's so hard to pick one, but I think I just loved being part of a team. I loved being part of something that was so special. And, you know, I was never incredibly good. You know, I never got the you know ultimate dream that I would have loved to which is obviously Olympic gold medal like all athletes go and you know aim to achieve but I think just going away and sometimes getting back up when you've been knocked down sometimes doing a bad swim and getting back up and for me it was in 2011 I got hypothermia in my first open water race and everyone thought that I'd never do open water again That I'd never kind of get back in the water but I just i wanted to prove people wrong and i ended up kind of coming back to the uk and doing the great e-swim and winning a gold medal in the elite race so i think that's a special highlight for me that will always mean a lot but i think yeah so many highlights to, to to say
0: yeah and you mentioned that ultimate dream of getting the olympic medal and we spoke about that at the beginning and you're not an olympian and you never made an olympic games Am I right in saying you qualified for the Olympics for Tokyo 2020, but then it was delayed a year and you didn't make qualification?
1: Yes, yeah, it was a little bit heartbreaking. You know, I qualified in lockdown and thought... You know, I'd almost achieved part of my dream that I got that opportunity. But then obviously with the pandemic, I think lots of people's worlds were turned upside down and I had to requalify. So, yeah, very tough. But um I feel like it's definitely led me on the path that I am today, it made me stronger. And yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I've got this story to tell.
0: So at the time, how did you deal with that? And how did you kind of bounce back from the disappointment?
1: Oh, I think really leaning on my friends and family. Um, obviously lockdown was a very tough time and I spent many, many months training really hard on my own in a swimming pool, you know, because obviously lots of pools around the UK was closed and, you know, I had the opportunity to actually go to my local pool. They opened it up for me to continue yeah. training. Um, But obviously when I got hit with the news that I wasn't going, I think you know I think athletes can handle it two ways they can either bounce back and learn from it or let it consume them and had a little bit of the consuming you know it did was really tough to kind of get back up but I think yeah I just I wanted to just inspire people not everyone will go to the Olympics but that's also okay you know and just aim for the next dream
0: yeah so do you feel like you achieved what you set out to achieve ultimately in your swimming career
1: yeah, I think, you know, there's, I think all athletes have many goals and dreams that they want to do and not everyone will quite achieve that. I think even the most successful athletes, they won't quite achieve, you know, exactly what they want. They'll always want more. Um, but yeah, I'm so proud of my career and I think now I can share that story. Yeah, that's
0: brilliant that you're proud of it. And like I said at the introduction, you did represent both Team GB and Jamaica. Can I ask why you moved over to Jamaica?
1: Yeah, oh, I think you know, Jamaica is so well known for athletics and Usain Bolt and getting so many medals on the track and field. And we've got some great swimmers in Jamaica, like Alia Atkinson, who was absolutely, you know, leading the way in swimming. And I think lots of Jamaica family, Jamaica friends, you know, said, please, can you represent us? But I think I loved representing Great Britain. You know, it was such a special part in my life. I had so many amazing memories. But I think somebody just said, you know, I've got no role models in swimming. You know, I think for so many people out there just felt a little bit isolated and they wanted people to look look up to like Alia Atkinson. So I thought if I could be that person for someone, I really wanted to, you know, to be that beacon of hope. I wanted to show them that people can swim, people can be good and um, yeah, just inspire them to get in the water and actually representing that, you know, the yellow and black kind of Jamaica kit. It was such a great feeling because people could finally see themselves represented in, in the aquatic community.
0: Yeah. And that's quite special but when you moved over to represent Jamaica had you come out as gay by then because what I want to talk about is the fact that it's illegal to be gay in Jamaica and so I'm really interested what drove you to compete for a country that potentially on the surface didn't accept you
1: yeah so when I actually moved over I was still you know not out as an athlete and I think I knew that I was going to come out um you know pretty much straight away Um, but I just wanted to just be myself you know and I felt like for for a few months it was nice to obviously represent Jamaica and have that buzz around me competing for them but I knew that it would take a turn I hoped it wasn't going to be too dark and you know I think there was many positives and negatives you know I think when I did come out lots of people weren't happy loads of people in Jamaica yeah in Jamaica they said that I should have you know can continue to represent Team G B, you know, I wasn't welcome in Jamaica, that I'm kind of done them a disservice. Um, but again, so many positives. Um, you know, obviously the whole of to be fair, loads of people around the world were messaging me and you know, their support and obviously mm-hmm. my coming out journey and my story. But Jamaicans specifically living in Jamaica, saying that, you know, it's the best news that they could have had because right. finally they're represented and Mm. uh, you know that's such a nice feeling is there
0: anyone else in team jamaica that has come out as gay subsequent to that
1: nobody yet no i think you know it's still so hard with the different laws in place and i think that's what i'm so passionate about just trying to change that trying to put lgbtq plus people on the map and especially in sport you know pave that way for them um but i think you know, already I've you know, crossed a little bit of a boundary by being the first out Jamaican athlete on the national team so mm. hopefully you know soon people will follow if you know if they feel like they can
0: yeah so can we talk a little bit about your sexuality and um, you came out as gay in 2018 when you were 24 is that right yes that's quite old I think yeah. um, no, definitely. <laughs> do you think you always knew you were gay
1: Yeah, I think kind of going through my teenage years, I knew that I was very different. I was very flamboyant and just different to everyone around. But I feel like... For me it was almost something I'd suppressed for so long you know being in sport I was always told that I should be a certain way you know it was all about image it was all about showing people you know how you were going to perform even if sometimes deep down you you know didn't think you was going to swim too well or you had these different doubts so I think you know for a very early age I had it ingrained in me that I had to be a certain way you know to be an elite athlete and I think it was hard to, you know, really feel like I could be myself in sport. Um, did feel a little bit lonely at times. But, you know, I think it was when I missed the Commonwealth Games team in 2018. I had the summer off and I thought... there's so many things going well in my life, but there's that one thing that has that shadow on and, you know, that is my sexuality. And I thought, why can't I be myself? Why can't I open up and kind of unlock that chapter in my life? And um, I definitely have no regrets. That's
0: amazing. And you came out quite publicly, didn't you? On a TV reality show.
1: Oh my gosh. It feels (laughs) like a lifetime ago now, but yeah, I came out on E! Entertainment and I think it was just so nice to just be in a villa with like-minded people and have these open conversations. You know, I think even me being part of the LGBT community, I think there's so much I need to learn still. And I'm learning every day, which I think is is amazing. Um, But especially that summer, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about just the lgbtq plus community and i think it inspired me to yeah to kind of be that beacon of hope for someone
0: yeah and had you told your family and friends before going on the program or was it a big shock to everyone that knew you
1: yeah i told my family um told some friends you know i think lots of people knew my sexuality anyway you know and i think i'd never been on a date before so for me it was kind of my very first dating experience um, yeah. So it was nice to kind of do that and unlock that and have a little bit of fun with it, you know. I think even now, not really been on many dates. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, just every day learning more about myself and getting myself out there, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> no, definitely.
0: Um, and when you did come out quite publicly as an athlete, did you experience any homophobia?
1: Yeah, I think social media can be a hard place at times. Um, you know I'm looking at my kind of requests on Instagram there's so many hate messages there's so many people sending death threats and just you know nasty nasty comments but I feel like you know you can leave them in the request you know you don't have Mm. to accept them and you know I'm one of those people that do like to almost read them and have a look through just to see what is being said because there's also a lot of positive stories you know people that have come out to their family but you know still actually can't be out in their own home because their parents don't you know accept them and the fact that I get to message them back and give them that little bit of words of encouragement or hope Mm -hmm. I think you know I feel like that's a that's something I never really had you know I think I should have reached out to people and almost come out to people when I was younger but I never had that strength so you know I think these people are so strong that they can open up to a total stranger yeah. and um, yeah I think I really like to just focus on the the positives and yeah just try and move away from the negative.
0: Yeah which is fantastic and despite all those negative consequences you've done some amazing things and i'm going to list some of the cool things you've done (laughs) you were on the cover of attitude magazine looking very handsome
1: oh i love that (laughs) shoe honestly yeah i think at my lowest time Mm -hmm. when i kind of was really questioning was i good enough you know have i kind of turned in my career and you know will i be seen as a failure i think attitude gave, gave me that light gave me that kind of stand to yeah. just be proud of who i that was boost so. i suppose yeah. needed. It's, it's
0: amazing and then you won an attitude pride award in 2019
1: yes i mean another yeah.
0: unbelievable thing and then am i right in saying you worked at pride house at the commonwealth games in birmingham just last year yes and 25 of the 56 nations that make up the commonwealth it's illegal to be gay yeah so to have that pride house in the athlete village for what i think is the first time wasn't it in birmingham yeah how did that feel to be part of that
1: oh amazing you know and i think the more people we interact with the more people we talk to I think we know like the impact we're having Mm -hmm. um you know so jamaican athletes were going into pride house in the athletes villages and talking having those you know communications but i think you know the biggest thing for me especially in sport is allies having people that will stand up and you know have your back talk about it ask questions you know i think some swimmers kind of ask me the most craziest of questions that i think how have you even come you know come to me with that question but actually it's their way of learning and i think sometimes it's about embracing that and the fact that we could bring that to an athletes village at a major games where people can talk about you know parents they can talk about people that they might have in their life that might not accept them i think is such a powerful thing
0: yeah it's so important is there going to be a pride house at the paris olympic games do you know I hope so, yes.
1: I'm pretty sure there will be, which is exciting. Are you going to be
0: involved? Would you like to be involved? Yeah, I'd
1: definitely love to be involved. I think I'll definitely be going into the Pride House. But, you know, obviously being on the other side of sport now, I think it's going to be great to just watch it all and absorb it all rather than actually kind of being on a bus and being carted here there to race and being in that racing mode so i'm looking forward to actually enjoying the sport watching other sports as well and yeah hopefully being part of it in some way
0: yeah it's very different when you're in the sport isn't it because i I don't know if you know i'm a physiotherapist and i work with with um, team gb and everyone always thinks you get to see all this sport but actually i tell people when i travel i see a hotel i see a swimming pool and I see a physio room. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it's like, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. You don't see other sports, really, you know, and you hardly see your own sports. I know. So I'm sure you're going like, to love watching the Paris Games. It's not long to go. Yeah, it's coming around quickly, isn't it? I know. Um, you were also involved with Tom Daly's BBC documentary, Illegal to Be Me. And I really want to ask you about that mm. because you went back to Jamaica to film. Um, and like we said, it's basically illegal to be gay in Jamaica. So how, how was that?
1: Oh, my. Yeah, I think I really wanted to go back to Jamaica and you know just almost be part of the change, you know, speak to government, actually be present out there and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, very fortunate that I live in the UK, so it's safe to be me every day. But obviously going back to Jamaica, it is illegal to be me. So when Tom came up to me and said, do I want to be a part of it? you know should we go back to jamaica together um you know i think if it wasn't for tom i'd definitely well, probably wouldn't have gone out there, you know, really? so I feel like so you was... were
0: scared to travel out there.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, people see me as an activist. Um, so, you know, I think many people, if they did see me, wouldn't be too happy. So actually going out there, we did dress in disguise. We really? did just, you know, we had security with us the whole time. And it wasn't, you know, the nicest experience kind of coming into your, you know, a nation that I represent, that I'm proud to represent, you know, and have that experience. But I think, you know because we was going out there to do it was what we was doing I think it was important just to make sure that we were safe and we had some amazing conversations um lots of athletes that we wanted to interview but I think some backed out at the last minute because they felt a little bit worried um you know I think that's okay you know mm-hmm. and I think the fact that we could document that true hard story and you know I opened up more than I've ever opened up in my life you yes. know I've been friends with Tom you know from kind of younger and obviously kind of in through sport but actually going out there i spoke to tom about things that you know i not spoken to with anyone before so it was really nice to document that and um yeah get that visibility that we need yeah
0: you said you spoke and you opened up a lot more than than you have done previously and i actually saw a clip where you said that deep down you aren't 100 percent happy of who you are and if you had the choice you would be straight do you still feel like that
1: oh i think I think it's a journey you know I'm definitely a lot more happier in myself I'm proud to be Michael Um, I think in sport especially I felt so much pressure and so much kind of anxiety to perform you know every time I dived in the water I didn't want to let anyone down and I felt like a lot of that doubt came from my sexuality so I think you know looking back I would have loved to have seen how I would have done if I was straight you know if I wasn't different to everyone else but I think now I'm actually owning my differences you know I'm proud of my differences and Mm -hmm. you know seeing the people that I've influenced and inspired I think you know really shows me that I have no regrets you know I'm so proud of the career that I've had so yeah every day I'm learning to love myself a little bit more (laughs) good
0: and you should be proud of yourself (laughs) um do you think that these 25 countries out of the 56 countries of the commonwealth where it is illegal to be gay do you think these countries should be allowed to participate at these major sporting events
1: oh what a question um i feel like it's almost unfair for the people who are lgbtq plus in these countries you know having to come to to competitions to meets and not be able to be themselves so many people fear being themselves and i'd love to almost give them an opportunity to you know go to a competition and feel safe have pride houses um so i think yeah such a hard question but i think i would just you know love countries and nations to just come together for sport and i think from my point of view what you're doing is kind of the positive
0: way of campaigning against their discriminatory um, attitudes and laws really isn't it because I think you're right it's not fair to punish the people from those countries and what you've got to do is get to the governments like what you're trying to do
1: yeah I think you know higher up it's all about government what's being said and obviously you know Uganda last year like we saw the hard conversations coming out of you know what they think of LGBT people and it's scary. It's mm-hmm. it's not nice and it's how do we change those mindsets? And um, I think there's so many different ways around it. And people like to almost know really cast that negative and you know even with the documentary we done you know I spoke about some hard you know sad things mm. Um but I think you know from there I really want to shine that positive light show those positive stories of people embracing their sexuality of the journeys that people have been on and um, Tom and I are Kaleidoscope Trust patrons mm-hmm. so we do lots of work with them just to help change the laws you know connect with people that we wouldn't normally connect with and yeah. just show them another side of, of life you know of our thoughts and feelings so hopefully day by day we're gonna be changing that but um, yes it's a long journey
0: yeah definitely but things are getting better I think aren't they yeah so when you went back to Jamaica were you actually scared for your safety
1: Yeah, we weren't actually allowed to leave our hotel um, without a a security guard, a bodyguard. And, you know, I think when you're told that it kind of really amplifies Mm. the situation you're in. You know, the fact that I was out in Jamaica and, you know, there was friends that wanted to kind of connect with me. But, you know, I couldn't go out without security. I think, you know, it really hit home of, you know, how important this topic and this conversation we were having was. Um, Did you still
0: feel proud to
1: be Jamaican when you were out there? I feel like in when I'm at these competitions, when I'm in the athletes village, you know, everyone sees that yellow and black kit and they're, you know, they feel connected to me. They feel like they're. Yeah, it's almost like a family, you know, being in those villages and, you know, especially at the World Championships, being in like the aquatic village, we had a whole village just for diving, water polo and swimming. I think, you know, you feel like a massive family and it's so, so lovely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you should feel like when you're representing that with your team. Yeah. Um, You know, I've been to the athletics competitions in my Jamaica kit and I'm worshipped, you know, <laughs> it's such a nice <laughs> feeling. Um, But also, you know, going back at that time, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily super proud to be Jamaican and you know I really wanted to change that because no one should ever feel that that doubt or that you know feeling ashamed like I did
0: yeah and you really do use your platform to challenge the lack of visibility of LGBTQ plus people in elite sport Um, and I think elite sport tell me if you agree I think elite sport is still a problem and there's only one professional footballer who's come out as openly gay how can we change that
1: Mm, Yeah, I feel like, you know, in sport, it relies a lot on the fans. It relies on a lot of external. I think elite sport is a bubble inside. But the minute you step out and we need audience and spectators, I think it you know, it does put sport on the line, really. And it just finds what sport is like. Um, I know that we've got rainbow laces, which obviously people can wear rainbow laces to show their support. And there's so many different campaigns now that hopefully is, you know, turning those ways, turning the, you know, making a change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the real answer is, who knows? You yeah. know, I think unless the fans, the spectators, the people watching support all athletes, um, you know, the matter their race, sexuality, size, image, you know, I think, yeah, it's still um, going to take a bit of time.
0: Yeah, because premiership footballers, they're such role models, aren't they? And I do really feel like we just need one big premiership footballer to make that step. And then I think people will follow. But they're, they're obviously scared and mm. I find that so sad.
1: Yeah it's so sad and you know I actually went to the, the men's you know World Cup final you know a couple of years ago now and I remember being in the stadium and you know obviously we had we lost we you know 2-1 and I feel like You know, that score, actually hearing people, the abuse they were shouting at the athletes, you know, I've not really experienced anything like that before. Mm. Um, You know, it's not a nice experience. So I can imagine, and I think I totally understand athletes, if I was on that pitch being hollered that, you know abuse because I'd lost and I feel like it does change the game a bit so um you know I understand what they're going through and I just hope that one day they can feel like they can you know and have the support to to be themselves
0: yeah well hopefully you know what you're doing is going to help that as well um did you always have an ambition to go down this kind of campaigning route or did it just did you kind of just find yourself swept along with it
1: oh my yeah I think (laughs) I've just been swept along with it to be honest um I just you know when I came out I just wanted to be myself I wanted to be Michael and I think from that having, you know, attitude, sharing my story and having loads of different outlets share my story. You know, I, I never wanted to be seen as, you know, the gay black swimmer. I just wanted to be known as Michael. And the fact that that's kind of stuck, that people, you know, they do recognise me. And I think it's it's great that I can you know be that person for some people because, we, you know, we all need role models. We all need to look up to someone. So
0: do you think you were known as the gay black swimmer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, especially around the world, I think media obviously has such big influence and it's nice when I'm kind of in a media outlet and I'm just known for Michael. I think mm. it's so nice because yeah. it shows how far we've come on. But um, yeah, for many years, especially when I came out, first of all, you know, I think people just saw me as that and, and you know, not, not really saw the Michael underneath. So um, yeah, I think never really went down that route, but I feel like I've almost got to kind of take that that name of that gay black swimmer and show people that actually the more people that are openly gay the more people of color swimming Mm. you know we can just be ourselves, and then we'll be seen as a as an athlete like everyone else
0: yeah and we don't see a lot of people of color swimming
1: why is that I think that's stereotypes. You know, I think I've kind of do lots of work with young children and schools and I'm currently working on Speedo's Swim United campaign and we you know we touch so many young people's lives and see, you know, give them that skill of swimming, you know, give them that mm. opportunity to get into the water. But I think a lot of parents they say, Oh, why would we put our children into a sport that they wouldn't succeed at? Right. And you know, that's the that's what their parents are telling them and you know it's almost takes somebody like me or you know, role models around to go in and show actually you can do it you know it is you know, it's definitely achievable
0: yeah i mean that needs to change doesn't it there's a high percentage of black people that can't swim is that right
1: yeah 95 percent of black adults and 80 percent of black children can't swim in the uk 80
0: percent of children as well so high and then you've got the drowning
1: risk i know yeah i wow. think you know especially when the weather's nice especially you know in london in the summer when it's really nice out i think people do want to go and cool down and you know People thinking that they can swim, but getting into a into a sea or a lake, and then actually realizing that they can't tread water. You know, they can only swim when they can put their feet on the floor, and I think that is scary. You know, swimming is a life skill, and everyone deserves to have that skill. Yeah.
0: How did you get into swimming? Your parents didn't have the same stereotypical opinions.
1: Yeah. So my parents couldn't swim, and really encouraged me and my younger brother to learn. So we just went into a swimming pool with with a teacher and I hated it at first. I was kicking and screaming. I really didn't want to get in. It was too cold. Um, but I think, you know, when the teacher started to say, oh, you'd never be able to get that sinker on the floor or swim to the other side. I was like, well show you you know and I think actually that's where it came from I wanted to prove people wrong Mm -hmm. and um, just went from there I kind of went through to you know teaching and learning to swim into a swimming club um, which was Beckenham swimming club I was there for many years kind of went up the different into the top squad and just loved it you know and yeah even though I was one of you know the only mixed race swimmers you know in the in the country I think you know there's only not really many people at all it was nice to have people in my swimming club that I could look at and go actually you are like me i can do it and mm. almost have that confidence
0: yeah so did you feel different as a as a black kid swimming did you kind of were you aware of the fact you were the only one of color
1: in yeah the pool? i think so um I actually do sink in water <laughs> which is a little bit like, like oh. but I think you know even um, you know tall people I think you know they say that you know with jumping and running I, I can't run I'm not a very good sprinter so actually I kind of even though there's some stereotypes that I do match with I think actually it's just hard work you yeah. know I've learned to float I've learned to be good in the water and to have that skill so I think you know with hard work anything can be is possible and you can achieve anything
0: yeah. and as a kid do you remember having a drive to want to be a professional swimmer do you remember thinking I want to be at that Olympics one day
1: or not no I never had that actually I think for me it was always short term goals it was always um you know nationals at the end of the year or it was always you know let's try and get a personal best time let's see if I can get faster um you know I looked up to Michael Phelps I looked up to Rebecca Anlinton but yeah never really had that ambition to to be a successful international swimmer it just kind of happened really and I remember you know qualifying for my first team with Great Britain and I had no idea what it meant you know having the red white and blue kind of team and team kit was amazing feeling but I was going into the unknown a little bit so I think it was quite nice to actually you know be surprised in that way and not put too much pressure on myself
0: mm. and did you enjoy the process of swimming when you were a swimmer
1: yeah I think oh it's, it's a lot of hard work it really is you know morning and night I think before school after school but we've just done it you know and I think it may, has definitely made me the person I am today I'm disciplined I am so ambitious and it's just helped me with life after swimming because it's a, it's a very tough transition yeah. Um, but yeah I've just you know I'm definitely resilient because of swimming.
0: Yeah I was going to ask you about resilience because I do ask my guests about their resilience do you think you're a resilient person?
1: 100% yeah. yeah I think I will always get back up when I get knocked down and I think sometimes we can get knocked down hard and it can be very tough you know kind of to get back up again but yeah. you know I feel like swimming made me so strong so disciplined Um, I actually had a speech and language stutter when I was younger so I had to go to therapy to kind of get rid of that stutter have the confidence I went to drama school as well just to try and get my confidence out of me um I think I always was doubting myself and my- yeah my my parents just wanted to give me the best start in life and when I did start to doubt myself you know they would send me to drama school when you know I had a stutter my parents would take me to speech and language therapy to to try and get rid of it and you know now I do corporate talks I'm out there and just sharing my story and you know I really wouldn't be where I am today without them
0: yeah and the skills that you learn swimming because they do a lot of resilience training don't they yeah like I often use the example the Michael Phelps example when I talk about resilience how his you know it's a famous story how his coach kind of like hid his goggles for a big race or something so then the next so when he went to swim and he didn't have his goggles the coach was like well if you can win a race without your goggles you know you're prepared for the next race
1: yeah i think it's all about the unknown um you know having coming into a session and thinking that you've got a nice recovery easy session and you're relaxed and then the coach says you've actually got 10 individual medley and you think oh my goodness you know but that's what it's like and we do it and to be honest now that i'm on the other side i don't really know how i done it it just happened you know pushing your body beyond you know through so much pain just beyond any means that you think's possible i think yeah it's amazing to be an athlete and to any athletes out there enjoy it you know yeah. because it is so so special do you miss it 100% really? yeah That's I miss being part of a team I miss being the fittest I've ever ever been you know I think pushing for a really hard session and you know getting that feeling inside of just being superhuman it's amazing I've definitely not had that feeling since so hopefully I'll find it again in something
0: I'm sure you can find something (laughs) choose a new sport
1: yeah oh my yeah (laughs) I've never actually been skiing I think it's always been a fear obviously getting injured being in like elite sport so um still a little bit worried you know i don't know how i'll be on the slopes but i'm looking forward to just trying new challenges trying something different
0: you said you can't run maybe now is your time to sign up for the london marathon (laughs) oh gosh wow (laughs) we'll see (laughs) be the fittest you've ever been um and so we've talked a little bit about your resilience i wanted to ask you as well um i read that you were at the manchester bombing terrorist attack at the ariana grande concert yes um and that was quite a pivotal moment in your life Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I think you know I love Ariana Grande, and you know that concert even now feels like a little bit of a blur. You know, Um, I see myself as a really loving, kind person, but you know, in that moment when the explosions went off, I just ran like everyone else. You know, we didn't look back, and there was people that couldn't find their parents, or you know, who were trying to. you know get some stuff when they probably shouldn't have done and you know rather than me stopping and helping and taking a moment just to look around to make sure everyone was okay you know I just ran with everyone and I think that took a long time to get over that regret and you know I think that was almost the point where I decided that you know even though you know coming out is such a daunting thing if I can help somebody why wouldn't I do that Mm -hmm. you know if I can talk about Black people, you know, or mixed race people swimming and you know, getting rid of that stereotype. You know, I want to be that person to help change that because you know, in that moment, I didn't help, and it's awful, you know, having that regret. So, I just never want to have those types of regrets again. Yeah. So, any possible point I can do, I just try and help. So, that was quite a traumatic
0: time for you back
1: then. Yeah, it was a couple of months before the world championships. Um, I think kind of coming back in. I thought I could forget about it. I thought I could get my head down, keep training and work towards my goal. But I think, you know, the reality is that you can't get over something like that by, you know, pressing by suppressing it, by pushing it down inside. So I think, you know, there was many sessions that I had to get out of the water that where my head wasn't in it and um, I think just being really open with my coach and, and the people around me because I think unless you go through something like that you don't really know how individuals will be everyone handles it differently um and for me yeah I had to really just take a little bit of time to process I saw a psychologist as well which really helped and Mm. opened up in you know different elements of my life and I think that really almost embraced allowed me to embrace who I was
0: yeah and were you able are you able now to forgive yourself rather than still have regrets about that
1: yeah I think now especially with the work that I'm doing I feel like it's a good outlet to yeah to know that you know I made a mistake you know I never want to have that regret again but look at what I'm doing now and I think you know that's what I will continue to do for the rest of my life and even if that opportunity comes up again where I regret something or I make a mistake you know I think almost cutting the slack and going it's okay um we're all human
0: aren't we yeah definitely we do make mistakes, but it's yeah. how you come back from that, isn't it? It's how you come back from failure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so you talked about seeing a psychologist. Are there any other specific strategies you have used throughout your career as a swimmer and afterwards which you think have helped drive you forward?
1: Oh, so I'm, I really don't like the unknown. I get really scared of the unknown. So for me, I used to visualise my race. And, you know, even now kind of going into a really big meeting – Um, you know obviously you have your notes and you can prepare as much as you possibly can but actually sometimes closing your eyes and taking a little bit of a moment to visualize what could happen you know how are you going to sit how are you going to stand what you're going to say Um, I think you know that's something that I've kind of transferred from swimming over into corporate life or life after swimming Um, I think one thing I used to do in in kind of competitions is lie on the floor and kind of do a breathing technique just to help relax my muscles you know to kind of get rid of all of the stress and anxiety and mm-hmm. you know every time I sat back up again I knew what I had to do you know I would trained all my life for that moment um, and I didn't want to let any nerves or anxiety or pressure kind of get the better of me so I still do those different techniques now and that's brilliant um, really helps
0: yeah I think visualization is such an underrated skill that non-athletes could learn so much from athletes about because so many athletes I speak to use it and to such positive gains as well. And I think it's probably people out there that, you know, don't know anything about it or if they do maybe think it's a bit of nonsense.
1: Yeah. I think before I go into a race, I've swum it so many times in my head already. And I think that helped me, you know, know that it wasn't the first time I was doing it. So yeah, I think you can kind of play that or do that in, So many kind of forms of life. Could it will really help?
0: Yeah, thanks for that. And final question, Michael: If you could go back in time to when things were at their most difficult, what do you wish you could have told yourself?
1: Well, use the people around you. Yeah, I think sometimes in life you think it's all down to you. You know, you're the only person that is strong enough to help hold you up, and you know you've got to do it by yourself. But I think the reality is you really don't really use your coaches, your friends, your teammates. Um, you know your family because my family was so supportive my friends were so supportive but you know i think in the darkest times you forget about that support and you think that you're on your own so yeah i think open up tell people how you're really feeling be honest because if you're honest with people you know you'll have that support
0: yeah it's finding the strength around you and your community is so important um where can people find you michael if they want to know more
1: oh they can find me on instagram at michaelgunning1 and i'm on twitter and facebook all the same so yeah definitely reach out (laughs)
0: amazing thank you michael so much for coming to talk to us today in my research for this i read a few articles um, written about you and they all said what a joyful positive smiley person you are (laughs) and i see today meeting you that they are 100 percent
1: correct (laughs) no thank you thank you for having me on it's a lovely podcast and just continue shining the light that's what we're doing you know sharing our stories sharing other people's stories and
0: and we're inspiring people yeah you know people like you really like role models I just want people to listen and to be inspired I love what you're doing in your campaigning and your drive towards greater inclusion and diversity in sports and in the wider world so thank you thank you Thank you for listening to that chat with Michael Gunning today. If you enjoyed it, please do remember to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it and follow us on social media. Thank you.